Hey, good morning, friends. Good morning, and welcome back to uh, back to Regen, back to this uh, what we're calling ordinary time. That's what we've been exploring this season in the church year called ordinary time, right? Because ordinary time is the longest in the church year, because it's also the longest in our in our life. If the fans are too loud, we can definitely turn them off. There is no reason to keep them on anymore if they're too loud. Okay. Um, so we've been exploring this ordinary time, and we began. We began uh, the first week with an ordinary, small, unwanted seed. Remember the mustard seed? That seed that can grow to provide shade for the, the fowls, the birds, the, the undesirables. And last week, we looked at another of Jesus' parables. We looked at his uh, comparison story of a man who just took a bag of seed and just kind of flung it everywhere, right? onto different types of earth, different types of soils of our hearts that he said are called to produce fruit. And he explained this to us. This was the easiest of the parables to understand, the easiest of Jesus' comparison stories, yeah, because he gives us an explanation <laughs> exactly. The seed is my spoken word, right? So the seeds scattered were the spoken message of the Christ, his teachings and, and of his kingdom and the ethos of his spirit. And so Jesus ended that story by saying, and this was also the title of the poem that I read this morning, he who has ears to listen, then listen. That word we talked about was hearing as in to synthesize something, to truly understand, to comprehend, to put the pieces together about what Christ says his kingdom's all about. And so then he kind of compared that and said, that's allowing the seeds of my spirit then to flow through the soils of your garden and your heart, and then they'll sprout into fruit, fruit that looks lovely, fruit that tastes good, and fruit that brings forth then beauty and atonement for a hungry cosmos. And so today we're going to look into the kind of fruit then that can be produced when God's people allow the seeds of his spoken message to penetrate their, their hearts. Today we've got a short teaching. Remember last week was very long, <laughs> very long and academic, very into the uh, original, uh, parsing the original languages and, and going through that. Today's going to be a shorter teaching. And then we're going to go into and we're going to dig into the contemplative practice that's known as centering prayer. I'm not sure if we've done this before here or not. I couldn't find a time that we did, but then again, we might have done it. I can't remember. But where we'll go from centering prayer, we'll attempt to take some of this stuff from our head into our heart so we can begin synthesizing, begin comprehending what, what Christ is saying here and let those seeds be planted deep in our hearts. Just as the psalmist writes, right, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, that word is the inner core of who I am, like the place where my decisions are made. Be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let's pray, and then we'll dig in. Heavenly Father, Christ Jesus and Holy, Holy, Holy Spirit, as we continue in this ordinary time, exploring ordinary, seemingly mundane, minute, micro, small ways in which your kingdom produces fruit, in our world. God, we just simply ask that you do so. We would do so with new eyes. Eyes that can see the world around us 
through the lens of you and your spirit. That you'd give us new hearts that are, that, that, that are, that are closer aligned with the sacred heart of Christ. New ears with which to hear the spoken message, the seeds that you have planted within those hearts. And then, God, for new hands and feet with which to engage the world around us. So that way we can take the liturgy of this service into the liturgy or the service of the week to come. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right, we're going to be reading just a few words. There's two verses, basically like, I don't know, like 12 words in these two verses. Uh, but we're going to be reading uh, a few words from Paul's writing to the church in Galatia this morning. Uh, chapter 5, beginning in verse 22, if you want to follow along. Um, I do have the words on the screens, actually. I'm going to let Stephen pop that up there. This is what I see. This is what's on my, my paper. I thought maybe this would be an experiment to see if it's easier for you to follow along, if you're seeing what I, what I, what I, what I see that's up there. Um, these are well-known words for those of us who grew up in a uh, Sunday school culture. I even remember a VBS where we sang a song about this, right, a couple of years back, yeah. I, I, I actually did contemplate having you guys do that at the end of the service, and then kind of liked the song we picked instead, but we'll go with that. Um, but I got it up on the screens if that, if, if, if that helps. And it's just two verses here where Paul is writing to the church in Galatia. He had just finished uh, doing a, uh, a short discourse on the fruit of the flesh, I believe, things that are more like fleshy, you know, in, our, in like jealousy and, and things like that in our culture. But then he gets into what the good fruit can be. And so he, he simply writes, the fruit. And this word here is, is singular. This is one fruit, not fruits of the Spirit, not many different kinds of fruit that are produced, but rather one kind of fruit that's produced that has all these different characteristics, all these different flavors. Imagine biting into a fruit like an apple, and there were like nine distinct flavors in that apple. That's what, that, that's what Paul's talking about here. So he says, the fruit of the pneumatos, right? That pneuma, that spirit, that wind, the breath. So the fruit of my spirit, he says, is agape, love. This is the, one of the three Greek words for love. This is the love that's goodwill in an altruistic or a selfless sense, like not thinking about yourself kind of love, selfless love. This is the kind of love that God has for his, for his people. The fruit of the spirit is kara, delight or joy. We just sang a song, rejoice. Irene, that's that word that we, 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 we talked about when Christ breathed peace into his disciples, right, at that first resurrection Sunday, that first Easter, that word that also is, it, it, Irene is like peace when, when everything's one and everything's quiet and we're at rest. Macrothymia patience or a long suffering that's like the ability to bear with someone to suffer along with someone else even if they're being really annoying to crestotes this is kindness in a righteous sense like being kind because it's the right thing to do but then flips it around the next one and agathosine is goodness in a kind or a personal sense. So now it's kindness or goodness, but because our persons, our, our inner core of us wants to be kind now. 
So the first one, because it's the right thing to do. The second thing, because we want to. Pistis, faithfulness or entrusting in, in something. Proutes, gentleness or mildness, meekness, right? Not rushing into like a bull with a, in, a, in a china shop, but being calm and gentle and mild. And then he finishes up with enkratia, self-mastery. Literally, this means dominion within your soul. It's like being able to control the things within. Your, your, your translations probably would actually have self-control, self-mastery. And Paul ends this by saying, against such things, there is no vomos. There's no law. Hence, no restriction. Basically, Paul is saying that there is no limit. Zero limit. There, 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 there's no cap on how much love, delight, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-mastery that we want to bring into our own souls or into the world. No limit. He's like, go ahead, love away. Delight away. Peace away. Let's do it. There's no limit to this. A number of years back, I was trying to be a healthier person. I feel like we all kind of go in these, these cycles of like, you know, this season of life, I'm, you know, trying to be healthier now. And I remember my sister was really helping me with the physical aspect of it. Um, my sister went to, uh, my sister Sarah, she went to, uh, to school for, for health and nutrition and all these types of things. And so I, I really leaned on her wisdom when it, when it came to how can I, you know, become a healthier person physically. And a lot of it had to do with food. It wasn't even the exercise. It was rather the foods that I was eating were causing my body to not feel good and gain weight and things like that. And she, so, and she told me that the, really the easiest key when it comes to food is that most things in moderation, right? Like, even the, good, even the things that we really love to eat, you know, everything done in moderation, and you're probably going to be pretty fine. You'll be pretty healthy. But she said there's one exception there. Can you guess what it is? And it's not fruit. I really wish it was fruit, because then that would have been really cool with this, but it's vegetables. She said veggies, I remember she told me this specifically, she said veggies are free. She goes, just eat, eat away. Eat as many veggies as you want, just do it, because you'll fill your stomach up and you'll only get good stuff from there. By the way, guess what the, the one thing that has like zero benefit for your body really is, is alcohol. <laughs> I'm not even, I'm not joking. That was the one that she was like, that's got, that's, that's anything but good. It's just, that's the only thing that is going to give you nothing good but only the bad. So anyways, but veggies are the opposite. Veggies are free. I'm not going to get into super health and nutrition today. So Paul is saying against such things, against things like veggies, there's no law. There's no restriction. So eat away. But now we're back to fruit. Because what Paul is getting at here is that there's no need for moderation when it comes to the fruit of Christ's spirit. That we can indulge all we want. We can take a bite into peace and patience and kindness all we want. There's no limit. There is no law, Paul says, against such things. As a matter of fact, if we're allowing the seeds of the spoken message of Christ, this is what we talked about last week, if we're truly allowing those seeds to germinate and grow within the garden of our own heart, that inner core of who we are, then the fruit that contains all these beautiful flavors, right? Then the fruit will contain love, delight, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-mastery. These beautiful flavors will be overflowing through the Spirit. 
And he says that the Father then is with us. And this is Jesus now saying the Father will prune and create beauty with each and every step we take. In John's gospel, we hear Jesus say, and I did put this on the screen as well, where, 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 where Jesus says this. This is one of his uh, famous ego a me statements, I am. Even more accurately translated as I exist as, right? Like I, I exist, I am, the, I am the essence of what it is that I'm speaking of when we hear this ego a me. It's the same as when, uh, when, when, when Moses was faced with the burning bush. And he said, well, who is it that's sending me? And the burning bush just simply says, Yahweh. I am who I am. I am who I will be. I'll be who I'm going to be. There's no real name for me. It's just that I exist as, as this. And so Jesus says, I exist as the vine of reality. I love that. I exist as the vine of reality. And my father is the husbandman. That just is a, it was a word back then for vine dresser or basically the farmer of the vibes, of the vines. So I exist as the vine of reality. My father is the farmer of the vines. Every vine branch in me that is not bringing forth fruit, right? That fruit that is love, delight, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-mastery. Then my Father takes it away. And all that's bringing forth fruit, all that's producing love, delight, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-mastery, he prunes it. He cleanses it so that way it may bring forth or produce even more fruit. And so these last three weeks, this is really the goal of where we've been trying to get to, is that when we start as that little mustard seed, right, we can grow shade for, for the birds, for the undesirables, and in the same way that the sower scatters his seed, his word, when that germinates in our hearts, then that seed is produced, and love and patience and peace and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-mastery, Though it was what's growing in the garden of our hearts, thus going back to the full circle to the kingdom of Christ, to those spoken messages that he has given us, his seed. And so here's what we're going to do this morning. As promised, we're going to dip our toes into the contemplative practice of centering prayer. We're going to allow these nine different flavors of the fruit of the Spirit to center into the, that, 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 that core of who we are. I'm going to invite Doug to come up and um, I was, tickle the ivories. I always say play the piano, so let's change it up this morning. Um, this is a practice that allows us to be still, that allows us to be quiet. This is a practice that allows God to work within the garden of, of our hearts, to speak to us rather than what we typically go for. Right, when we typically think of prayer, we typically go for the, uh, well, let me tell you, God, what I think. Yeah. Because it's so much easier for us to talk than it is to be still. And so times of quiet can be difficult for us. We like to talk, right? We like our opinions to be, to be known even to God. And so our minds tend to wander when we try to be still. We may try to build in some, some places of silence, even, and we do it even within our liturgy of our service here. But our minds will tend to wander and we can become frustrated. Centering prayer helps us to be still and know by simply focusing on one single word. 
over the last um, five or six years or so, um, I think it was the liturgist that we were, I think it was, yeah, okay, it was Mike, it was Science Mike that had introduced us to this prayer practice. I, 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 I've been using one sacred word for my own self, and it's that word ruach from, from Hebrew, that's wind, spirit, breath. And it's a word that can gently bring one's attention back to the divine. So we can be still, not just up here, but also in, in here. And then it's even kind of helped over the years because if I find myself in a position where I'm struggling or I'm getting frustrated, even just a simple repeating that word ruach, it's like, okay, let's center. Let's, 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 let's take a breath here. Now, this is something you can explore on your own, kind of finding your own sacred word, your own set-apart word, you know, choosing a word and utilizing the centering practice for your week. And, and, and if you need spiritual direction, I would be more than happy to do it. That would be one of my favorite things in the world I would offer to anyone here. I'd love to walk you through how to use centering prayer in your, in your life. But today, we're going to use nine sacred words. And I think you're kind of getting the gist of where we're going. Nine flavors of the fruit of the Spirit and nine sacred words. We're going to use each of the flavors that Paul used to describe and to illustrate the type of fruit that can grow in Christ's Spirit. I'll lead you along. We're going to take about 45 to 50 seconds for each of the nine. And the only goal here is to let the one word that we're on marinate in your soul. And so if you notice your mind wander, don't panic. It's okay. That is the point of this exercise. It's going to happen. Trust me. That's, that's what happens. Our mind wanders. But then we just gently bring our inner eye back to that one word that we're on. Think of the word as a small seed or like as light as a feather just gently landing back on your gardens. You don't have to get harsh. You don't have to get mad at yourself. Okay? So I'd like to invite you to notice your breath. You don't have to seek to control it. If you are good with breath work and you like to do that, that's great. But you don't have to. Just seek to notice it. Notice that it is there. We're talking about the fruit of the pneuma, that spirit, that wind and that breath that's coursing in and out of our lungs right now. If it helps to close your eyes, you can close your eyes. If it helps to put your feet on the floor, put your feet on the floor. This is your time with God. Continue to notice your breath. St. Paul writes to the church in Galatia. He says, the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of Christ's Spirit, the fruit of the kingdom that he's ushering in is selfless love. Continue to breathe. And if you find your mind wandering, just gently bring the word love back into your, into your heart, into the garden of your soul. Love.
the fruit of the Spirit is delight or joy. Just simply pick one of those two words and just sit in either delight or joy. of the Spirit is peace, oneness, quietness, or rest. Which of those four words resonates with your soul right now to simply choose one of those words, peace, oneness, quietness, or rest, and allow that one word to just gently come to attention in your mind and in your heart? Patience. The fruit of the Spirit is patient. because it's the right thing to do. Just allow that word kindness.
goodness. Not, 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 not because it's the right thing to do, but because you want to. Because you have a personal vested interest in the goodness of, for yourself and for others. So goodness, let the word goodness just penetrate your hearts. more to go. Paul says the fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness or trust. So simply choose one of those two words and just let your mind's eye focus on faithfulness or trust. Gentleness. Gentleness or mildness, meekness. Just choose one of those three words, whatever stands out to you the most, and just, just sit with that word for the next 40 seconds or so. spirit is self-mastery dominion within one's own soul or or self-control self-mastery or or self-control just simply choose one of the two and for the final time allow that word to marinate within your soul for against these things there is no law there's no restriction my heart, Lord. 
Christ taught us to pray, Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts, just as we are in those who are indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.